Okay, we are back to podcast, and I hope everyone has had a good week so far. It's a little bit wet right now, but uh, the Lord is good in providing rain and uh, taking care of each of us. And uh, we're going to Second Corinthians. I certainly appreciate the service on Sunday. I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself preaching, and uh, I always, always do, but uh, certain passages just really... Uh, help me and and I enjoy you know preaching I guess certain passages I'm just like anybody else I enjoy preaching certain passages more than others and uh, the 23rd Psalm is is just a wonderful uh, passage to preach Um, 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 chapter 4 uh, Paul is is speaking. He's still validating and vindicating his ministry. He's validating and vindicating who and what he is. You know, it's it's funny. It, it, but having been in this for some time now, uh, it's it's no surprise at all. Um, you know, I've seen it quite often that these these folks. Um, yeah, the, these folks that Paul is ministering to in this situation, the, these are people that um, he's had a he's had a great relationship with, and um, he's he's loved. You know, they they've been friends. They have ministered together. Many of their salvations. Are uh, a result of the Apostle Paul in his ministry, and yet when he when he issues them rebukes in First Corinthians, those that had uh, you know at least professed to to love Paul, those that had at least professed to you know, be a friend of Paul, basically turn on him. And um, I've seen that in my own life, you know, in ministry, folks will love you. And I always, I've got to say, and be careful about the honey uh, up front. There's usually a, a stinger on the other end, or a lot of times there is sadly and you know folks will say i you know i love you I, i'll be with you till the end i support you and then you know you preach something that they don't like you you say something that they don't like and you know it's different i have never took it personal or i haven't since i was a young man i may have some when i was young i i'm way too old to worry about that now way too old and been in it too long and seen too much um i don't i don't concern myself with it but i can empathize with where paul is at here paul has given a great portion of his life to these folks and as he has um after the letter of rebuke it's it's opened up the door of Satan uh, for Satan to get in and kind of cause division here and basically have them questioning the Apostle Paul and his his desire his his, his credentials who his honesty his integrity everything about him and so he is uh, 
he's writing here in 2 Corinthians 4, and um, he begins to speak of his honesty and how he's been honest with these folks. He says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, this is the ministry that he's in, as we have received mercy, we faint not. So he's saying um, we, we're not going to faint in the fight. To faint means to, to tire, to give up, to, to quit. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Now, I'm, I'm going to stop right there and elaborate a little bit. He says, we have renounced. That means to publicly uh, speak against. When someone renounces something, uh, that's, that's what they're doing. They are publicly speaking against a subject matter, a person, you know, what, whatever. It, but that, that's what it means, is to publicly speak against. He says we have uh, renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. So, of anything dishonest, we have come out vehemently and spoke against it. We have talked against it. We have publicly said, you know, this is, uh, this is not correct and it's not right. Not walking in craftiness. Craftiness would be a cunning. It would be to craft something would be to make it yourself or to manipulate it. And Paul said we're we're not manipulative. We're not walking and working in manipulative fashion. You know, a lot of churches, a lot of ministries, a lot of situations would be a lot better off if that's how people walked, that they lived and walked and operated in their integrity, uh, lacking any kind of man- manipulative motivations or manipulative ways that they operated. And um, that's that's what Paul's saying here. He's saying, look, we have renounced anything that's manipulative. We've stood against it. Um, and... Then he goes further. He he goes he goes on further here. So um, let's let's go a little bit further in what he says. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness. Now watch this. Nor handling the word of God deceitfully. The folks, that is why I preach as I do. Well, there's many reasons I preach as I do. I mean, if you preach the Bible, you don't have to get. It's there. You know, it's there for you. If you preach textual, you're doing your job. Okay? You're showing and saying what it says. But the other thing is, in, in when we say turn here, turn here, look there, read there, read along with me, bring your Bible to church, <laughs> read the Scriptures, underline, take note. You hear me say all these things. When you hear me say all these things, it is for the purpose of showing you some of this stuff. I I know, I'm quite aware. I've, again, been doing it a while. Some of this stuff you maybe have never heard in your life or heard in that way or heard in that regard. And I don't want you to think that we're, or anyone to think that we've handled the Word of God deceitfully. And so to prove that... To show that, to demonstrate that, it's bring your Bible, look here, turn there, let's let's look at this together. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how 
um, is a demonstrative of not handling the word of God in a deceitful matter. Okay, let's let's further go on. This is a great chapter. But here's how we've handled it. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So we we can commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God based on the truth of the Word of God. Okay? Now, let's look in verse number 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Okay? If our gospel's hid, it's hid to them that are lost. So I have exposed the complete truth to you. And so nothing I'm saying is hid whatsoever from you. And if it's hid, it's hid to lost people. And that is why we've got to expose lost people to the gospel. Now, you remember, do you remember what we were saying last week? That we were the epistles. In whom, in whom the, now, you, you see me, you, you have heard and, and been under my ministry a while now to know that verse number three or verse four uh, is a verse that I've used quite often to illustrate for you and to talk and to teach you and to give you some kind of uh, understanding of what's going on in this world. You know, folks look around and they wonder why things are like they are. How could they be like they are? And the answer is found in verse 4. In fact, you know, when you deal with most atheists, they they are dealing from the perspective of, quote-unquote, bad things happening to good people, quote-unquote, good people, you know, when the scriptures teach there's none good, no, not one. So, you know, we shouldn't question, it's like I've said before, instead of questioning, you know, why uh, why the plane crashed or why something horrible took place, we should be questioning why did you or being appreciative of and thanking God for when it doesn't. Because we're in a world set up for oblivion, okay? And so when, when you know, folks get in office that people can't understand it, they, don't, they just think, how in the world could God let this happen? And they blame the situation on God. Verse 4 is your answer. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Okay, there's so much to unpack here. I, I, I will. I, this will be the only chapter we cover. We might not get many verses past here. I've, I'm doing a study on what has been known as the Great Reset. There is a. Uh, a man, a German, that is named Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab had a book that had come out in June of 2020. Now, do, you, do we all remember what, what occurred in March of 2020? And, um, well, actually, it, it, the meeting was, there was a meeting held as well, uh, and then the book followed, almost as if the book was in, in preparation of of what would happen with the pandemic, I mean the pandemic, and as it was, 
the Great Reset was written, and basically the mindset was this is the perfect time to reset the world, the world's economy, based upon, and I've got many, many quotes from this. I'll get into it deeper later, based upon uh, green energy and green peace and the green new world order, which we're hearing thrown around a lot. And the many young uh, representatives, I never call them leaders, politicians, were recruited into this. Justin Trudeau was one, the Prime Minister of Canada, and many others. Um, and as they were, they, they begin to hold this belief system also of the Great Reset, thereby promoting lockdowns to... Uh, basically what that was about was the carbon footprint to reduce the emissions and, and so forth. And so you'll, you'll see these measures attempted in the future. You will. It's almost a dry run, if you please, because when, you know, when, when COVID hit and, and they said we're saving X amount of people's lives, just imagine what they're going to espouse and push when they're saving the world because that's what they, they say they're doing. Now, I know Christians that it's almost their goal and objective to warn the people of this, to warn, you know, people, and as if this is by surprise or as if they've got some kind of great insight to something that's going on that we've got to let everybody know. Well, look at the Bible. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. This book was penned 2,000 years ago over it. And then it was, it, Satan is called the God, little G-O-D, of this world. He hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. So those that don't believe, those that aren't saved, those that don't hold to truth, it says Satan has blinded their minds. Okay? Lest, that would be our word for unless, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Okay? So it's the God of this world that has blinded these folks. It's the God of the world that hath blinded the world to prevent the gospel. And see, we, we think that it's for many objectives, and there's objectives that will be taken advantage of it, but the biggest thing is just to prevent them from believing the gospel. That's his main objective. It's not to destroy the world. God's going to, God himself is going to destroy the world. The objective of Satan is to prevent people from believing the gospel to prevent them from being saved. This is his means. But as far as destroying the world, folks, we know who's going to do that. God's putting her through a purification process through fire. All right, let's move on. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So he's saying, look, Jesus Christ is the face 
of the gospel, the means of the gospel. Jesus Christ is our saving faith. Then he says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. What's a treasure in an earthen vessel? Well, an earthen vessel would speak of a pot of clay. Okay? Now, typically when one keeps treasure, they keep it in lockable chests. They keep it in chests that... Um, that that are heavy, wooden, metal, that can be thrown in the bottom of the sea and you can dig it up one day and find it. They can be locked. They're tough to get into. That's what people keep treasuring in, but not God. The treasure that is spoken of is the Spirit of God and the gospel. And God said, I'm putting my treasure in an earthen vessel, a clay pot, made of dust, I'm putting my treasure in that, you and I, mankind. So we're, we're an earthen vessel, and we've got a treasure within us, and that's the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And then Paul goes on to show us, based on this treasure in earthen vessels, what he faces and what he gets through. This is one of my favorite passages of scripture. This is Paul's ability and means to face all that he faces, perhaps like no one else. We are troubled on every side. So multiple fronts, multiple fronts, we've got fights and problems and battles. There are multiple fronts in which we've got troubles. Multiple fronts. It's not just coming at us head on. It's coming at us head on and to to each side. We've got problems everywhere. We are troubled on every side yet not distressed. Distressed means to be overcome. It means to be uh, pressed out of measure. We are perplexed. To be perplexed means to be confused. Have you ever been confused? on a situation, confused as to why something has happened, confused as to what God is doing in your life. So we're perplexed, but not in despair. We're not overcome, in other words. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. In other words, we have great persecution come against us for the gospel's sake. But all the while, through the persecution, we recognize the fact that we are not forsaken. Uh, cast down. I spoke of that on Sunday, being cast down. That would be to being thrown down. It would be on your back, flailing, crying, pleading for help. So we're cast down, cast down, but not destroyed. So in other words, he came along and he picked us up from being cast down. Uh, Verse 10, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So we're always bearing about in our bodies the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, for which we live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. We manifest his dying so that his so that his life 
can be manifest in our flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. So Paul said, I believe it, so I said it. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, I love this, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Every single day, our outward man is perishing. You can fight it. You can try against it. You can try new age cream, new age pills, new hips, new teeth, new hair, new everything. And you're not going to ultimately stop stop the, the aging and the dying process. It's a dying process. That's what, that's what it is. We're, we're headed to death. We're headed to dust. We're headed back. But just because the outward man does that, look. Look at this. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The inward man is as young, as vital, as, as full of life, or vital, as, as full of life as, as it's ever been. It's as if I was born again yesterday. It's completely innocent, completely uh, in tune with God. The outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction. Now that's beautiful. I preached on that. Paul called it a light affliction. Now you think about some of the things that Paul's been through. Shipwreck, starvation, prison. He will ultimately be beheaded. I mean, stonings, whippings. And he said it's a light affliction. Dear God, we have a headache. And it's the biggest thing ever. You know, I was thinking about all these new ailments and sicknesses that you hear come about. And as an elderly lady, well into her 90s, she's in heaven now. And the question was asked her, you know, why are these things new? Why why do we hear about these new sickness, these new ailments, all these new new things that hurt and ache our body? You know, what? Why are we hearing about this now? Why is it new? And you know what the elderly lady's answer was? I heard this from my ears. She said, "Honey," she said, she said, "They're not new. We just didn't tell the world." We hurt too. We ate too. We we went through problems too. We suffered too. We had our hearts broke too. We just didn't tell everybody. We prayed and we went about our business. And so a lot of this stuff that's, you know, where did that come from? Where, well, people just didn't share it back then. And so that's what he's saying. Paul said, what I'm going through is a light affliction. It's a light affliction. Well, think about what he went through. This is not a headache and a stomach ache. This is a, this is a life full of problems and persecution. And Paul said it's a light affliction, which is but for a moment. No matter what I face, it's just going to last for a moment. 
it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It's just for a moment. And what I'm going through now is not going to come close to the glory and the joy and the happiness and the help and the health that I'm going to face and have when I see him. While we look not at the things which are seen, that's that's everything you can see, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So Paul said the key, the key to this, the key to having the right attitude, the right mindset, the key to the Christian life, the key to walking in victory, the key to not being overcome, is learning and remembering that we are living for the eternal. We are living for the long term. We are living for uh, eternity, not what we see down here. That's been the subject matter of this entire chapter. And Paul bases it all on stating this is our light affliction. That's the title of tonight's podcast, Our Light Affliction. I hope you have a great uh, evening and be safe, and I will see you on Sunday. Let's have another good crowd. We had a great crowd on Sunday and a full house, great service. I'm looking forward to another one. I hope you have a great day. And good evening, and God bless you.